Some topics in this podcast series deal with sensitive subject matter that may not be suitable for all listeners. The National Principles for Child Safe Organisations reflects 10 child safe standards recommended by the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse. These principles aim to provide Australia with a nationally consistent approach to creating organisational cultures that foster child safety and well-being. They have a broader scope that goes beyond child sexual abuse to cover other forms of potential harm to children and young people. This podcast series, brought to you by ComplySpace and Brave Hearts, unpacks each of the 10 principles, their implications and ways to apply them. In this episode, we explore Principle 3. Families and communities are informed and involved in promoting child safety and well-being. Hi everybody, I'm Matt Sinclair, I'm the National Child Protection Training Manager from Bravehearts. And I'm Deborah Dafina, I'm the Principal Consultant in Child Protection at ComplySpace. And I'm Gail Walters, President and Chair of PNC's Queensland, looking after state school PNC's. Welcome, Gail, and, and welcome everybody to our next episode of the podcast series on the National Principles for Creating Child Safe Organisations. Gail, thanks very much for coming along. Um, the PNC Association, particularly in Queensland, is a, it's a long-standing organisation. And, and when we were thinking about principle number three and engaging families, carers and communities, uh, the PNCs were something that came uh, fresh to our mind. Can you tell us a little bit about how you see the role of uh, the PNCs or maybe parents and families for independent schools and their role within a school? I Thanks, Matt. I think the most important thing that any parent community group does within a school, so whether that's a PNC or a PNF or just a community group of parents that come together to support a school, is really just about supporting that school and that educational facility to make sure that it's a safe space and that it provides the best opportunities for the students and the families in that school. Um, we certainly see that schools are becoming much more the hub of communities now. Um, there's, there's sort of a gathering place. The venues are utilised for a lot more than just the learning stage. There's lots of activities. We see lots of schools have programs um, outside of school that they are involved with and that the parents often help um, facilitate that. So we certainly see that we, we want our schools to be safe spaces for those students and those community members that are in there. So PNCs aren't just about fundraising? Not at all. PNCs work very closely um, for fundraising because that is a big part of what we do, but it's also about um, working with the school to make sure that the direction of the school is going in the right way. Um, they're real partners in the education process, certainly identifying um, programs that they might think that the principal, the principal will come and offer programs and say, you know, what do you guys think about this if we put in a new reading program or something like that? And PNCs get to have a bit of a say on that of uniforms is a big thing as well about how that works in in the school so it's not just about the, the sausage sizzle or the bake sale don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with a good sausage sizzle or a bake sale <laughs> but but there is a lot more to it than just that PNCs now actually are involved in a lot of the strategic planning in the school as well so that's important and that's what this principle is about it's about engaging um, parents and communities and families in those sorts of decisions um in your experience, what do parents and carers 
want to know and hear about from the school regularly? What do they what do they want the school to be engaging with them about? I think the most important thing, certainly I think initially and, and, and will probably always be, but parents do want to hear about the education program, obviously, that the school is delivering for their child. And and that's that is really that fundamental level. But I think what we see now is we see a much more involved process where we want parents knowing that the the children are safe, that there's wellbeing programs, that they're not stressed. Um, that situations are being managed. We certainly see um, in schools where there may have been um, a trauma situation, uh, the actual coming together of that community and how that's managed through the school and through the PNC is really important to how that community then heals and goes forward together. And I think that's where we really see that shift to that community hub um, and how the parents are then involved. I know I've been in my own school um, where we've had a, a teacher who's partner um his wife had had passed away and they had kids who were at the school but we all rallied around and we made meals and picked up the kids from school and just provided that level of support and well-being to the family um and then equally because uh, she was a, a stay-at-home mum and didn't have a lot of super or anything like that. We also did run a fundraising activity for them that was really about them um, and all the funds went to them. So there was a trivia night, but the PNC sort of helped organise that um, and got donations and things like that. So I really think that coming together as a whole community has become much more uh, a stronger thing that parents want to be involved in. They want to know what my whole community is doing together mm. to support our kids and our families. And I think that's mm. what's really important now. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a, a great example of how the community does rally around to support each other. And and in some of the, I guess, the, the reports and the findings of the Royal Commission was talking about um, safe communities make safe organisations. And I think that's also vice versa, is that the, the, the tone and the, the cultural commitment to child safety of a school can help influence the expectations and really um, that breeds into the community there's lots to be gained there which Mm. I think is great absolutely and I think um, certainly from the PNC's point of view we know that with you know we often have um, sometimes large sometimes small but volunteers within the school space and it's really important to make sure that those volunteers are safe adults for the kids to work with. So whether it be through a reading group or helping at tuck shop or on a carnival day or something like that, that they're identifiable, that the kids know that they're there as a volunteer. Um, They might be Johnny's mum, but they're still, they're there actually doing a job Mm. as well, even though it's a volunteer job. So in effect, they become part of the school for that that period of time. Absolutely. And the kids see them as that. Absolutely. Yeah, great. One of the other um, elements of the standards is obviously, uh, or the principles, is related to policies and procedures. And involving parents and families and communities in decision-making about what they should look like. Yeah. What, what do you see as some of the benefits of bringing families and communities together in the design of policies and, and asking the views of, of the parent group? Look, I think it's vitally important. Um, I think what we certainly do, certainly what we do in PNC's Queensland is we have um, some policies. We have a student risk management policy that's adopted every year by every PNC. That's 1,245 across the state. And that's in state schools. That's in state schools. And that is specifically around how volunteers... work with students that may be at risk. Uh, If a student has identified something or... 
exclaimed that there's an issue, um, how they know where to report, how to do that appropriately, how to protect privacy, all of those sorts of things. There's a whole flow chart there. But I think it's really important that the PNC, the parent groups actually have some input into how that whole process works. Because I know that we have parents who may have had that situation where they've then reported it up. And unfortunately, it's a great policy and it's good for reporting and reporting it up, but there's really no closure of the loop. So there's never that and, and fully respecting all privacy and things like that. But I certainly know as a volunteer that if I told somebody that this had happened, I would at least want to know that it was getting dealt with. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to know that I've just told somebody and it's fallen onto somebody's desk and been ignored or something like that. So we're working, PNC's Queensland is working with Child Safety Department about how we can look at doing that better in schools. And as I said, certainly respecting privacy and all of those things, mm. but just enough to even be able to say, thank you for letting us know and reporting that it is being actioned. So, so the policy was developed essentially by... PNC. It was developed by PNC's Queensland and Department of Education right. jointly. And now you're looking at reviewing it and revising mm. it and including the voice, of, again, of the parents who have actually had to deal with it. Very much so. And that's exactly where it is. And so that parent involvement really goes to saying, we've been doing this for a little while. We've got the standard. We've got the flow chart. This is where the gap seems to be. Um, we then have parents go, well, whatever happened? Like I, like I reported that and I've seen little Johnny back at Tuck Shop a month later. Is he okay? Is everything, did everything go appropriately? Yeah. And and not, as I said, not that you need to know the details, but just that it got dealt with. That's, that's more than enough. So that feedback in that policy and decision making is really important for parents to have a say in that and how that works. I think we certainly see a lot more parents being involved in the policy and decision making about... Um, programs within the school particularly extracurricular programs and how they might be introduced and you know what are the checks and balances that go alongside about bringing different programs into the school Uh, and that's that's a big part of PNCs having that oversight as well to make sure that as you say safe community safe space safe Mm -hmm. organization so you talked at the very beginning and this flows into that was the strategic direction of the school, that that's something that parents need to be involved in. Very much so. And I know a lot of people probably think, I'm not going to a PNC meeting, you know, like I'll get a job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you will. No, no, you, you won't. Uh, but but what it is really about is we really encourage our PNCs and we're certainly seeing that now more that the PNC itself will have a strategic plan, but that it aligns and ties into the school's strategic plan. And so that the pathway then is that whilst they're two they're two different organisations, but they've got the one aim. And that so they're coming together and working together to always get the best outcome. And it's really important for the PNCs to have that influence and that input into that school strategic plan. So this is the strategic direction for the school for the next four years. Our focus might be on literacy, but our focus might also be on wellbeing or our focus might be on, um, you know, reducing student stress or whatever those themes are that the school picks, that the PNC actually feels viable and and included and part of that decision and if you do that you have a much stronger drive then for pushing that agenda forward we've been talking a lot because of your role about pnc's involvement and their um there being one way in which schools can involve parents in decision making and involve families and communities um have you heard of any other effective ways besides outside of the pnc 
route that schools or other organisations involve families and communities in decision making? Yeah, look, I think what's really good is I think a lot of schools have their PNC or their PNF and they meet and they do a process. But I think most schools and most PNCs will also know that you're not always going to get everybody there because let's be honest, that's not the thing that people always want to do. So just um, community nights and information sessions and things like that. I know at my own school we've done um, a couple of nights on um, uh, online well-being. So like I'm at a high school, my children at high school, um, there's been a couple of parent info nights mm-hmm. with a child psychologist about what your child is or isn't doing online and how to yeah, how yeah. to have those conversations, how to ask yeah. those questions. It's not a PNC thing, but it's a real useful tool about how to get to those parents. And we get a much different group of parents that come mm-hmm. along to that. And then by having a cup of tea and a biscuit or afterwards or something like that, you then start those wider conversations about how parents might get involved in the school. Um, one of the things that just struck me then is you were talking about the kinds of people who might be part of a PNC and a lot of um, schools and organisations are very diverse and there mm. may well be people who don't have the history and the culture of being part of those sorts of organisations. How can a school access and engage and involve in decision-making um, people who might culturally not normally Absolutely. I think that's an excellent answer. And we talk about it a lot about being more um, inclusive Mm -hmm. and in our groups. Um, It's really important for us that we talk about um, how do we make the PNC not be scary? (laughs) Like, so so that people might want to actually come along and be part. And part of that is um, a lot of schools look at putting in community liaison positions, and often they're part funded by the PNC. um, And that person, um, an example I can give is a school that I know that's got a um, a, a large Sudanese community mm. and they've got a Ooh. Sudanese liaison officer uh, and working with them. But interestingly, um, they said, oh, we've got this Sudanese lady who's doing this great work in, in this, but we're still finding that the, the families and those parents don't really know what's going on at the school. Um, and this is a little bit of a side thing because it was actually a literacy thing. And they're like, we present our newsletter in um, Farsi, which is their language. And they're like, but they're still not reading it. And the thing was it's going home to the mothers and most of the mothers aren't even literate in Farsi because they didn't mm. learn that language. So they thought they were doing the right thing, but in actual fact it, it still wasn't getting there. So they ended up starting to have um, a morning tea workshop straight after school drop-off for these Sudanese mothers. And they had a little room and they set it up with a kettle and a tea and bickies mm. and stuff like that. And the community liaison person was in there and she ended up actually teaching them literacy in Farsi to then teach them English because English mm. is not an easy subject to learn. Um, but that, wow. But that pathway of bringing those people in it wasn't about bringing them in for a meeting and here's the agenda and let's go through the financials and rah 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 it was let's have a cup of tea and a bicky and they had a few craft things but it was just having that conversation and talking that's really important about them making those families and those um culturally diverse areas those people feeling more comfortable and then the progression from that is they then started to come to more school functions they started to come to more school activities they started to actually be engaged with the school teachers even coming to parent teacher night was a big thing for them so that that it's small steps but that's how you sort of get there slowly yeah finding genuine ways to engage the various communities in ways that are meaningful for them is, is what I take from that absolutely yeah. and I also like how you've through uh, the discussion so far you've been talking about 
um, other other areas of the school's operations where they bring parents into the fold. And I think that's really important when mm. we think about also engaging the voice of young people is we often talk about you can't just ask them about keeping them safe mm. if you're not going to listen to them or ask them about the design of the playground or the school programs right. or where the camps are. So, so the same goes for families, doesn't the it? The same goes for families. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, as a PNC, you often run the tuck shop. There's no point putting a tuck shop menu out if the kids aren't going to eat it. Mm. You need to engage the students to say, well, you know, we have some rules. It's got to be healthy food and things like that. Um I've regularly run with our tuck shop convener tasting days where you get a couple of kids from the grade who might be the the, the, the winners for the week or whatever um, and they get to come down and they do a little survey and they try some different things and say, oh, we like this and we didn't like that. And and that just helps form. So you've got to let the kids have their say. Yeah. It's their community. Talking about communities in that, like you might also need to involve communities because you might need to know that there are certain dietary restrictions in particular communities those sorts of things absolutely yeah. very much so and that's yeah. and that's really important about getting that cross that diversity within mm. your group to make sure you are covering those things off um and mm. and it was interesting i remember and this is going back a couple of years not too far um but i'd made this oh let's do sushi you know our kids love sushi right and they're like no no one likes sushi and i'm like no kids love sushi and i'm like come on we're going to do the tasting day we're going to do sushi sushi was a hit kids loved it yeah. <laughs> and i was like haha kids love sushi <laughs> Um, and the, the the convener was a bit like, okay, now I'm going to make sushi. <laughs> but but it's you've got to give them those opportunities to try different things and have their say. Yeah. And as Matt said, you know, um, involving people in decision-making about the tuck shop and about the uniform and about um, things that would not seem like they are related to child safety, safety actually do end up with that involvement in the child safety process. Absolutely. And I think it's about if parents feel welcomed in that environment in that school environment particularly we know that there is a real um, gap in some of our communities um, where there's an educational generational gap where parents themselves maybe didn't have a great experience at school um, and it's very confronting for them to go into the school site mm. um, they would never think to chat to the principal because they obviously must be in trouble mm. um, or you know that, that so it's really hard for them to do that so breaking down that barrier um, we know that we've got a lot of principals who do a great job at actually going out to the gate like being at the gate at going home time to talk to the parents there mm. so it's not about them having to come in it's about the school going out mm. and that's really important and equally from PNCs you know it often gets a, oh that's that group that's that clicky group you know that's they do everything you know it, you've got to break those barriers down. You've got to actually get out and talk to the people and go to the drop-off zone and, and just have a chat, and that's really important. And that's about the kids and the parents and the whole wider community all feeling welcomed and safe mm. in that space, and mm. that's important. Yeah, I think that's really like a great example of, of that outreach mm. um, and meeting the needs. And, and speaking about you know, families that may be actually living through a generational trauma, Mm. Or it, it could be something as you know, less complex as, yeah, my personal experience of being at school wasn't great, mm. so I don't actually like engaging in the school. And it could be those children that are exercising those behaviour management policies more so than other kids mm. and engaging that parent more um, genuinely to be a part of that process. Um, the, the parent factor is a big part of that. So getting mm. their buy-in and mm. feedback on that process would help those sorts of processes be 
and policies and approaches much more successful. Absolutely. Yeah. And and we see great success with those school community liaison roles. And as I said, they're often part funded, not always, but often part funded mm. by the PNC. Um, and they work really well um, in all our communities, but they do work exceptionally well in our diverse communities and our Indigenous communities and things like that. Having somebody who really understands how that part of the community works and how to build the bridge, yeah. for want of a better word, yeah. to, to so that there isn't the barrier. Yeah. Um, and that works incredibly well, not just for helping the family, but helping the kids. Mm-hmm. Because we know that if the kids are at school and learning and all of those things, the benefits that that brings into the longer term is so much more valuable. Yeah. So I think we've, we've found a whole lot of different ways and opportunities and, and different approaches to perhaps not getting a new policy, circulating it in an email to say you've got you two weeks to <laughs> yeah, get yeah, your Yeah, here's feedback. our policy. Yeah. Um, any concerns or comments, email info at. <laughs> admin at. That's yeah, a good admin one too. at. Yeah. Um, yeah, so different ways to engage communities of different diverse needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we, we see great um, acknowledgement as well when we see PNCs do their strategic planning or even schools actually bringing in a community group and actually running a little workshop mm-hmm. about, well, what are the words that describe our school? Like, what are they, how do we find you know, when we talk about our school, give me three words and things like that. And just when you start to pull all of those together and get those common themes, um, it's really important to see that. And then the school and the principal sort of go, oh, okay, well, if that's what they think, then this is how we can tie that into our pillars of learning or things like that. And and they're really important steps that can be done quite openly and, and innovatively um, that aren't just, as you say, here's the policy and let me know if you don't like it sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, That's great. quite transactional. Mm. Great. Right. Well, I think we're coming to the end of our, our series here. Um, thank you so much. It's been really insightful and it's been wonderful to hear about some of the innovative ways that schools mm. are dealing with these sorts of issues. Look, thank you for having me. I've really appreciated it. I hope I've, I've been interesting <laughs> enough. <laughs> I was a bit nervous about that, uh, but it was great. And I really appreciate the opportunity to really showcase um, that PNCs have really moved on from just being that fundraising mm. group mm. and that they really are a, a real key in that proper community engagement and that I encourage every parent to talk to your school and talk to your PNC and and be part of the journey. It's the best outcomes for your kids. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.